Testing, testing. Hello, uh, hello. Testing, testing. One, two, three. One, two, Yo, three. Watch so, your pep lock. We got a tight schedule, so we oh, got to okay. go ahead and get it done. All right, so, let's, um, get it. let's get it. <laughs> you put my well, proper I'm super English excited voice. to have you. Oh, shut up. Uh-huh. I am super excited to have you because, duh, like you're my big brother. Uh-huh. I, I, I appreciate your support. Uh-huh. Uh, this creative vision of mine. Yes, this it's podcast, a one. So you mm-hmm. it has really helped me to really get through some tough times so it's been great it's been like one of those blessings of disguise where I didn't know what the heck was going to happen or mm-hmm. how this was going to kind of unfold so it's been great it's been a great journey um, cool. especially like this series like yeah. you know the conversations that I've been having with these different men it's just been enlightening and you guys know I talk about you guys all the time mm-hmm. so, you guys are the reason why it's very difficult for me to date in 2019 because I'm just saying I've had good examples um, on how to treat like a woman and stuff like that and the father you guys are to your kids. It's wow. just really inspiring. So well, to have you on it. is just really we, great. I mean, we try our best, you know. What I mean? <laughs> you guys really do. Welcome back to the Bloom Line. It's your host and content creator, Michelle and I'm super excited to have this person on for this series, King's Bloom 2. It's a very special guest, dear to my heart, and the reason being is because he's my eldest brother, like my biological brother. We share the same blood, like mother and father. It's not like, oh, that's my bro, that's me? like my brother from a, another mother, yes. like no, he's uh, my how you guys brother. Doing? No more <laughs> chance to enjoy uh, <laughs> hello, hello. Nah, man, it's just there's some jokes, Don't man. Stop. I just had to had to show support to my little sis. She's doing big things, guys. Support. If you ain't subscribed, subscribe now. Especially subscribe after I get on here. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Thanks for having me, Shels. <laughs> no problem. So he currently lives in Jacksonville, North Carolina with my two beautiful mm. nieces that I love so dearly. I am so ready to see them. And um, what are, like, what you do? Like, you do, like, no, like, I'm like, like a professional like, what you do? Aren't you, know, you like, an engineer or something? I'm a like government, con- yeah, I'm a government contractor, but I also oh, fix okay. yeah, sure. TVs. Anything pretty much that you plug into a wall, I can probably put it, put my hands on it, you know? Um, I just enjoy it, man. I really enjoy fixing stuff and, I really enjoy working with the military, so that's what I do, and I love it. <laughs> I want to um, know what you're doing in the background with all this shit going on. I got court uh, next week, so I got about 900 pages of legal documents to go through. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's Ooh. part. That's part. That's some of the that's, stuff that okay. fuels that's, my. We're gonna talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Uh, So what is the the topic that we're going to talk about today? I know you guys see the title, but throughout this entire series, we've been talking a lot about toxic masculinity and the ways that it shows up in uh, different men's personal journeys um, in society, in the media. Uh, But we we haven't really touched base on like, the mental health aspect as far as like therapy and 
um, the misconceptions that it, it has in the Black community, especially amongst men. And so we're going to dive into that today. We're going to talk about my brother's personal experiences. <laughs> I just found out that he was in therapy for the last three years. I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't know. So these are genuine questions that I would have asked someone going on a journey of, you know, um, taking care of their mental health. And so I'm so fortunate that I get to like learn more about my brother through this podcast episode. So hold on to your seats, you guys. We got some really good questions, especially some that were submitted through the Instagram page. So we're going to go ahead and go right into it. So first of all, tell me what was your journey getting to therapy? Because again, that was yeah. new to me. I, I didn't therapy, know. So catch for me. me. I always thought that it was like, um, quote unquote, like, you know, how they always say therapies for white people, black people don't do that. You know what I mean? And, and I really believed that for a long time until I actually started going to therapy. You know, uh, I think it was maybe, uh, Probably going into my second marriage, uh, maybe about a, a year or two after, I started going to therapy myself. I was trying to go collectively as a couple, but that didn't work out. So I started making sure to at least work on myself so I can keep myself and keep my sanity, you know? So, like, um, I found it to be very refreshing and very fundamental to my reg my regular maintenance just make sure to keep myself maintained at a i guess like a at a higher level it worked out for me because it taught me how to deal with myself it taught me how to deal with others and it helped me see myself a whole lot better you know? so it's just one of those things like um i really enjoy it sometimes i was like i start to be like if i haven't been in a while i'm like you know what i need to go ahead and reach schedule a therapy you know so like schedule a session you know because it it really helps out talk just talking to somebody else that's don't have anything to do with you you know so they they, they don't know you most of the time or they, they get to know you from the sessions but other than that they don't know anything about you they don't have no no skin in the game they don't they don't benefit from you doing this or doing that so it just allows you to open up freely and you can go ahead and say whatever you want whether she they like it or not whether it's a female or male and you can just do whatever whatever you feel comfortable with doing. I think opening up for me was the hardest part to do because I didn't really want to, um, I didn't really talk too much. I didn't really want to open up because you, you always, especially being in the Marine Corps, you know, you don't, um, you don't really like to open up about your feelings, you know, because then you consider soft. Then being black from the hood, you know, be, you don't want to, last thing you want to be named is soft, you know. So it was just like, it was, a, it was pretty enlightening just to go through it by myself there for a while. And I learned a lot about myself. That's pretty much it. So you basically kind of most did different. buy most into the whole therapy. Of a I thought there was all, only thing they do is push pills and give you some zannies, you know, or give you some, give you give you something to like chill out bro you know what i mean like you like you're, like super aggressive man like you know my therapist said yeah because i mean the, i think the most famous incident of therapy that we've ever noticed is when the lakers one day they third 
they third championship and Ron Artest was like sitting there and everybody talking and thanking their mama and thanking their teammates. And this dude was like, yo, I want to thank my therapist, man. I wouldn't have been able to do this without you. And I was like, damn, that nigga crazy, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know, because you just like, did that nigga just like, did he just say thank you to my therapist? Like, he shot out his therapist after winning the championship? Like, I remember, I was climbing that dude, man. And now I realized that, yo, that was the bravest thing that dude could have did. It took a lot of bravery to even say something like that. Because, you know, everybody in the community, everybody, every barbershop, every every basketball court was climbing that dude because it was just one scene of something that black folks could do. You know, because we have to, what J. Cole say, is like niggas from the hood are the best actors. You know what I mean? You got to walk around and you got to mean mug people. I mean, that's one of my revelations. Well, one of my New Year resolutions this year was uh, that I was going to do my best to make sure that I talk to every black man that I walk past. You know what I mean? You know, like, wait, what's up, bro? You know, just like, hey, I see a dude with his baby, man. I, I try to encourage him. But like, yo, that's what's up, man. You got a beautiful son or you got a beautiful daughter. You know, try to encourage him because we, we don't get, we're not expected to be good fathers. It don't matter what we do. It, 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 we're not expected to be good men. They always think of us as low life. Sometimes within ourselves, we're more guarded against other black men than we are other races, you know, as black men. So it's just like, it's just one of those things where I just, you know what, I'm going to make it a purpose, make it part of my life from now on to always try to give positive to my brothers and also to try to make sure that I always acknowledge them as a man, you know, and say, hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? When I walk past them and not just mean mug them, you know, I just not walk past them and not say nothing, you know? So it's just, just one of those things, man, because a lot of times we don't think we can do something, but... We just got to start it by ourselves. It, by the time we wait for the movement to start, you know, it'll be too late. We'll be out here dying in the streets more than what we're already doing. Right. Because it'll be us killing ourselves because suicide yeah. rates are going up, especially in the African-American community. Um And mm-hmm. it's mainly because they feel trapped within their own minds. You can't express yourself if you do express yourself mm-hmm. as a problem you should have expressed yourself this way not that way so yeah it's a lot of pressure just being yourself in today's society so yeah I mm-hmm. could definitely see that especially no. for black men y'all, y'all just don't get a pass it don't matter what y'all do you can be educated you can own a business you know what I'm saying you could yep. be hardworking yep. man and they still look at you the same so so getting, you know, therapy, I would say, uh, did you find a point in your, in your like journey where it challenged your pride? Like, did it made you feel weak going to someone else saying, I need help taking care of myself type thing? Because men are normally known as the providers, you know, it's your responsibility mm-hmm. to protect and to make sure I mean, that you yeah, are taken care of. I call it the triple P, you know? Because, like, we always feel that we need to protect, provide, and, and get pussy, you know? So, like, it's just one of those things. It's just, yeah. <laughs> that's, man, any, <laughs> you know, it's really, it's really the Sorry, yeah, thing that, that. that motivates that man, you know? And every man has a different level of, of um, some people, like, real overprotective, almost, like, controlling, 
or they they really focus on providing and almost forget to neglect, you know, the other things, you know, or they, they all they care about is, you know, pussy. And they end up being a cheater and a dog. That all that's all he does is worry about. It's all about balancing your stuff to provide all three of those, you know? So it's just like, it's just weird because like all of us want it. All of us want to do, provide something from those three elements, but it's just making sure that we have the right balance of it. And sometimes we, we don't learn until like later on in life, which ones are more important to us, you know? So it's just one of those things. <laughs> I swear to cut you off, guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, no, we're talking so real right like, now. We grow now. Just you know? <laughs> okay, I mean, we grow now. But it's I mean, just the yeah, truth, man. Like, you, I, I guarantee you, uh huh. Because we, <laughs> we all know one. You know <laughs> somebody <laughs> that that that's all they think about is they either they yeah. They, we got yeah. I got a friend that fits in each one of those categories that like to the extreme. You know what I mean? They got that dude that's like almost forty that's still chasing, you know, still chasing tops yeah. and. He's all the time like he ain't never had a committed committed relationship, you know, and or, or never been faithful in a committed relationship, I should say. But like they still like you forty something years old, still rocking all the new gear, you know, skinnies and all this stuff, man. You know, still running at the Jays and stuff, you know. I mean, that's if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But come on, bro, when you gonna grow up too, you know? But I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely know a few men that uh, fall into those categories. I mean, I think um, there's like the super workaholic that they're very driven and, and ambitious and motivated. And that's all they can seem to balance as far as like work and work and, you know, goals. So, yeah, um, a balance is mm-hmm. really, really important, especially when you have a family involved, you know. So, yeah, it's one thing to be a provider, but if you're not providing, like, the emotional support to your wife and also to your kids, it's kind of like mm-hmm. you're also responsible for, for providing those things, too. Yeah. But, other, you know, people don't really talk about stuff like that. Providing is always yeah. in a sense of monetary. I mean, that's how I used to see it. You know, you know, hey man, way. you know, I'm working. So. You know, you need something, you you able to get it, and you know what else do you want from me? What you know, as a guy, sometimes we think like that. Like, what else do you want from me? Well, I want you just to be here. I'm like, bro, I can't be here and go to work at the same time. You know, you know, cause, but that's not true either. Yeah, we we like um, we we make time for what we we want to. Cause you know, the same time I'll say I don't have time to be coddling you or, or give you right. extra like affectionate moments. You know, you're sitting on the couch holding each other, you know. But I can play PlayStation for six hours after coming home from work. You know what I mean? So as like you know, you, whatever motivates you, you know, you got, you got maybe yeah. you don't need to play that whole six hours. Maybe you can play two hours, and you can spend you know a little more time with the wife, you a little more time with the kids. You know, so Lord knows, I don't know, man. It's just things that you learn. I'm on, I'm about right. to turn. Yeah, you absolutely. Right. There's always time. If it ain't, it, I'm about to turn. Now I'm like 38 this month. You say you're about to turn. We, we all got a birthday this month. Jesus, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> birthday turn up, yo! I'm going in my Jesus here. I'm like, hey, turn up, hey, a minute, right? 
yeah, no, I'm, I'm hella excited. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. Like mommy's birthday, Brandon's birthday, your birthday. Like, yeah, this is four. a really big month for our family. It's like four people's birthdays in our fam- family that is this month. But amongst your peers, did you like get encouraged to go, or what was the response in sharing? With those no, around you think, that you had a therapist out of the or three, therapy. four years I've been going to therapy, I think I just started pe- telling people. The only one that knew that I was going was um, mm. was my wife. That was it. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. yeah, I was about to yeah, say Lucas. <laughs> Shout out and to Lucas. And he got a, he got a copy of my um. Your guy used to have to let him know, hey. I got an appointment. I would just say I got an appointment with the VA. You know, I got the appointment with this. I got the appointment with that. But I would never say what it was for. You know, so I mean, I just it's not something that you want to be like. Hey, I gotta see a therapist today. You know what I mean? Yo, hey, yo, yeah, yeah. My therapist said I'm doing good, bro. You know what I'm saying? Have a session. It is not something you're gonna do, man. <laughs> right, right. But you know, I think that it's it's a real sensitive topic. It's not like you didn't want to tell anybody, but mm-hmm. it's like you're going through all of these like changes mm-hmm. emotionally. You're like all over the place. It is, and it's a it's a sacred, intimate like process going through a therapist, and you're just like you don't just share that with anybody because. Real quick, your homeboys or somebody be like, "Yo, you, mm-hmm. you, you saw for like, you know, what do you want to a therapy for? A therapist mm-hmm. for like, just get another this yeah. or you know, do this or do that. Like, let's go out to the club yeah. or like, you know." Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird because you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, uh, don't do any drugs. You know what I mean? So like, I ain't, I ain't never even been to a strip club. So like. How how are you supposed to deal with stuff when you don't do when you don't really have any like like I work out yeah any like hey, even vices everybody say that that's what they do to relieve stress and relieve pressure but if you don't do that you know what I mean like what what other outlet do you have you know what I mean working out going shooting you know things that I do I always feel better after I go shooting I don't know why that is you know. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's just one of those things. I just try to find an outlet, and and I, I tell you the most beneficial thing that I found, even outside of all of that, was going to therapy. It just it just was, you know. So. So you mentioned your wife uh, knew that you were going to therapy. You you initially wanted to do, wanted it to be something you both did together but it ended up being something that you you did on your own (laughs) obviously when you're in a marriage it's like a union you guys are supposed to do things together but I'm assuming that that was a you know kind of a a defining Mm -hmm. moment where you were like I'm gonna go on my own um with with the pressure that life brings sometimes you need to have that outlet and sometimes is that other person probably just isn't ready to to go into that. Maybe they just don't want to. They don't want to see that closure. They don't want to see, you know, that um that side of themselves. You know, nobody wants to hear that they're doing something wrong. 
You know what I mean? So like when you sit there and something happens like that and they're telling you to your face that no, what you did was wrong, you know, and they don't even know you, that's not easy to take sometimes. So you, you just some people just don't want to deal with that, you know. And it's like, um, how do you say? Uh, I don't know. You just, I don't know. I really don't know how to, you know, how to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. No, you said it right. Sometimes people mm-hmm. just to know that they're the only person standing in their way. And to know it's no one else, there's no one else to blame. Or look in mm-hmm. yourself in the mirror and say, yo, I'm out here effing up. Like, you know, I'm not this great person that everyone is praising me to be. And like, I really got some things I need to work on. That's why a lot of people don't go on the journey of self-discovery or, you know, therapy, trying to really figure out how to deal with mm-hmm. certain things that happen in their life because it's hard work. You know, it's a lot of hard work. It's Mm -hmm. not just about therapy. It's like changing the way that you think, making different decisions from your actions, the way you treat Mm -hmm. people, the way you speak. Like, it's a lot of hard work. It's being conscious of certain things like, okay, I can't talk to this person like this Mm -hmm. or I can't move like this anymore. I can't have certain people around me anymore. You know, it Mm -hmm. starts to become a very lonely process sometimes until you clear that space and then God brings new people into your life yeah. to kind of you help think you that people have the next seasons stage in life. In life. But yeah. I do. I do. I really do. Because at the end of the day, it's just a choice. People choose themselves mm-hmm. over the things that they committed to when it comes to a union. Like, if this is going to help us become better as a whole, you know, this is something that you committed to. Now you want to have a a selfish decision and say, Oh, I don't want to do this. Like it's just a choice, but just know you just chose to be a season in my life versus being Mm -hmm. someone that will be a part of like long-term life partner type situation. Yeah. I think that's a decision based on the person themselves but yeah i I believe that there is seasons because if she chose differently yeah you you guys would be in a different situation right now so it's like hey and that's why people are like oh it wasn't meant to be no Uh she made a choice that was opposite of what was good she you you act like she was acting like you was asking her to go do a threesome she came up up with every excuse not to you know (laughs) and i mean at least it would have showed that hey that she was willing to put some work into it because it was already feeling like i was doing everything anyway and now i want i ask for help as the man which is usually not the case like hey like, hey, let's go, go. Let's go to therapy. Usually, that's not the case for a man. Usually, the man is usually the one getting asked to go. You know, so like, hey, I'm sorry, yeah. you need to go to therapy because we just did. We needed to. We needed it more than she was probably willing to accept. Yeah. But it's funny. Cause... I'm right. sorry. Yeah. Um. But it's and funny because as soon as as soon as I I said, hey, um, this thing's gonna work out. And then uh, as for a separation, you know, I moved out and she wanted to go to therapy, you know, and was really pushing it, was even paying out of pocket for it. 
you know, so that makes, lets me know that you knew the benefit of it the whole time, but just didn't want to because for whatever reason, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or she just thought that you weren't serious and was just like, oh, it's it'll be something that blow over because again, it's not something that is normal for a guy mm-hmm. to say, hey, I want to go to therapy. Like, we need to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. That is not a conversation people are having I think like now but before like even through this series I've learned that there's like a new age Mm -hmm. of like rebirth happening for men because now it's just like back in the day when men used to say oh I need space or I need to work on some things within Mm -hmm. myself and normally they was working with another girl like you know what I'm saying but now it's just like no Mm -hmm. men are really taking the time out to like to care for themselves, to to work on their mental health, to work on their spirituality. But I think that also like with the Christian faith, it's like, oh, you know, give it over to Jesus. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you know, Jesus is our counselor. Like, <laughs> you know, like all that stuff. And I think that probably was like a, something that played mm-hmm. into it. Also, like if you're like raised traditionally Christian, that everybody say oh just pray about it you know give it to the lord and he'll work it out and you know whatever whatever but then that takes the responsibility Mm -hmm. off of the two people Mm -hmm. who made a commitment to god to be in a marriage so you know i can't really say but yeah you know people have choices in relationships and sometimes people choose to be selfish and forget that they Mm -hmm. chose to be in a committed situation that involves two people, <sighs> not just one. But yeah. You learn learning a lot about love, man. We're selfish, man. We love because we want yeah. love, not because it's that's, like that's one of the things that's gift. like even more amazing sometimes. Like when I, like this is I'm a what they call it, a two pump chump. This would be my you know, this is my second <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, because this is like my second. Okay, this is my second time going through a situation like this. We're currently separated, but separated for seven months, and like it's hard, you know, like especially because of the fact that I got two daughters. It's supposed to be showing them how how a man treats a woman, and like both of these, both of these ladies, <laughs> uh, you know, had the nerve. They asked me this question. <laughs> And it's like, would you let your daughters marry a man like you? And I was like, yeah. Like, sure would. Why, why, why you say that? Neither one of them can say anything. Like, I was like, well, I was like, yeah. Because what's the point? If you weren't a good man, why would they want you back? And just because it's now a man leaving a toxic relationship, now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. that, that yeah, question doesn't, like, well, no, it doesn't think, apply I here. think it's mostly because they know my attachment to my daughters. They know the level of love I have for my daughters. And they know that anything they say to me about mm-hmm. me personally won't affect me unless it's attached with the, the concept or, or brought into the context of my daughters. You know what I mean? Because right now, I, I really, when mm-hmm. it comes to the relationship with my daughters, I'm a full-time dad 
on part-time hours. You know what I mean? Like, I think about my daughter all the time, but because I got a shared custody agreement and by the law, I'm supposed to every week give them to their mom on Mondays and, and then pick them back up the following Mondays. It just, I shouldn't have to do that, but at the same time, that's what the law requires, you know? And it's like, what do you do? Do you just like, hey, do you take off and run off with your daughters and become a felon? Or you just go ahead and just fit within the context of what the law tells you, you know? Like, do do I feel like it's right? No. I don't even think that it should have been that way. I think I should have got primary custody, but when you can't afford to get through a top flight lawyer and you got a lawyer that you got to put a down payment on, you know, you, you, sometimes you, you get what you get. It's way, it costs way. To say that it's, it's the legal system is fair across the board is a, is a, a big play on words because it's not fair. You have a dude that don't even care about his family and don't even care about the kids. He put $10,000 down or he puts $20,000 down on a pit bull lawyer and he can snatch his kids away from a, from a mom. Even if she is a good mom, a dude that's working, that's a hard worker that can't afford to pay for a good flight lawyer, and gets a decent lawyer, or gets a lawyer that after after three months after he loses his case, she gets disbarred for being dishonest, and and his case still stands. Like they they straight up told me I had no legal precedence, you know, to do anything against my case, even though it was false. I mean, how how else can you tell me? That a man that takes care of his kids and his wife left him with a two-week-old, you know, left him for 20-some days. The only reason why she came back was because my mom showed up to help me. That's it. How she even found that out, I don't even know. Probably, I probably was talking too much. I don't know who I told. But I swear to you, as soon as I, I picked up mommy, I picked her up at the airport, I, by the time I got home, she was sitting out front. Yep. She was sitting out front talking about why I changed the locks. She was there. And I was like... Listen, y'all. You know I, mean? I almost went to jail for this lady. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to move on. From your perspective, you know, as a man that ha- it has, um, you know, started the journey of therapy, find it beneficial and, and working through some things, the man you were before and the man that you are now after starting your sessions what's the difference when it comes to things i was already a thing yeah oh so what you think about question you're like oh you know what i actually uh got an answer for that yeah exactly (laughs) you know how females always ask me i think about about? more stuff I i don't react as much like as a man we almost talk to react react first man worry about the consequences later you know what i mean yo that shorty bad just go ahead and hit it man you know you deal with it we deal with it afterwards you know but it's like you, you can't live like that man you you end up in worse shape just reacting and just going ahead and uh it just it's just not a good format and and it's like um sometimes i think i might think too much on things and that i need to be more reactive and it's, you know, I got to learn to deal with things right when it happens instead of thinking about it more and more and more, thinking about it and figuring out 
what should I, what I could have did. And that, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to let loose sometimes. Just go ahead and bust that bubble right there and then that way they don't think they got you, you know? But, um, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Let him know right here. Hey, hey, you know oh, I mean? brother, let me um, Sometimes you just gotta go ahead quick. and get that. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Sometimes, yeah, that's why you, sometimes you just gotta let it loose, you know? Right there. Go ahead and get right that clapping. Because it makes no. no sense to, but you know, it makes no sense to hold on to it. And mm-hmm. then you hold on to it. Like, yeah. Why didn't you say this in a moment? Like, you know, why didn't you bring this up then? So yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you would say it, it has helped you yes. to become a little more so. uh, vocal. Okay, so you would, so it helped you better understand uh-huh. how to communicate like with others and like relationships and with your daughters because one of yes. the really big things my brothers used to think I was crazy, y'all. Okay, um got five brothers I'm the baby and the only girl and they thought I was always crazy because I was emotional or expressing yeah, myself no. or me and my mom would get into it and yeah, like, oh, yeah. like whatever they thought I was crazy I said okay mm-hmm. I said wait okay maybe we are okay so what that's because she mm-hmm. listen that's another podcast okay I love my mom but mm-hmm. you know you know as growing I mean I was the only girl she prayed for me y'all so she really wanted me to be <laughs> like this girly girl wearing these little foofy whatever's and I wasn't down with that I was a tomboy I wanted to be just like my mm-hmm. brothers jumping gates riding bikes and playing football basketball like I wore my hair wild and crazy mm-hmm. so yeah of course a mother would would have a problem with that but I would always tell them, wait until you guys have daughters. And we all have daughters. Let's see how you guys are when you guys have kids. And all of y'all have daughters. And I love every single one of my my nieces. I really do. So how is it now, you being a father of daughters, you being more open and like emotional and being vulnerable and talking to them about things because it's now I'm pretty sure your relationship with your yes. daughters is like I different now than it was before you started therapy. Like before, I'd be like, "Yo, I used to treat them like boys almost," you know. Like, "Yo, they'll be crying." I'd be like, "Hey, hush it up," you know. Like, yeah. Like... <laughs> mhm. I'm telling you, you guys, I have been <laughs> responsible for my baby's emotional well-being. For many, many years until they yeah. get their life together. Because I was just like, yeah, y'all we gotta were, talk to we these babies. Like, they not. With it, you know what I mean? Go ahead. Like, when, when my oldest, when my eldest child, my oldest child had um, got her little monthly visitor, I cried, man. I couldn't believe it. I was like, no. I was like, no. <laughs> I just did, I didn't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to I do. I couldn't believe it, man. I, I was, you know, because you, when you when you're raising kids, you want them to stay. You want them to stay that way. You know, it's easier to protect them when they when they always because they cherish you. They listen to every word you say. You know, you can tell them that you could tell them you're Batman and they believe you. You know what I mean? They they think you that superhero. You know, until you you know that Kevin Hart moment where you get beat up in front of them and it's like that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Be their protector. You want to be there and be their super provider and everything. But 
you know, at this, there's going to be a time where you're going to, you're going to fall short, you know? And that's just one of the scariest things as a parent, you know, that time that you, you don't have it for them or you, you can't provide for them or you can't protect them, you know? And nowadays with everything that's going on, it's like, man, it's like, you don't even know who to protect them from most of the time, you know? Teachers doing crazy stuff, students doing crazy stuff, you know, just random people. You used to be afraid of that one random guy that that all of a sudden could pop out of nowhere and then, you know, do something crazy, but you just never know nowadays, you know? So it's like, who do you keep your guard up for, you know? But you can't keep your guard up all the time because then you you might wear yourself out like that, you know? And it's, and it's just like, man, what do you do, man? It's different. The relationships with their fathers is really important. Mm. Very important. Well, I'm glad you learned that lesson. God bless you, because now I can hand them off to you yeah, for real. I do, too. Because I be worried about my babies. Because y'all are just so emotionally unavailable. Y'all. God, let me tell y'all, I've been I've been through a lot with my mm. brothers, y'all. I've been crazy for a long time until they had daughters. And then for me to see them with their children is so beautiful because they don't want to admit it, but I can see the soft spot. You know what I'm saying? And the, the way they interact with their kids. Even mm. Peter. You see Peter with Felicity yeah. or with Davina? I'm just like, what? <laughs> see mm. Jeff with Brianna? Oh, my little princess. Like, yeah. I was like oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. What they, you was saying? What you was saying? They don't even have to be you don't even have to be girls, you know, your boys too, you know. You know, they like when you when you grow up, man, especially how we grew up Haitian. Yeah. You know, and for anything, yeah, whoopings for anything, you know. And then it's just like, man, what are you supposed to do? You know, it's like yeah. and then when you have you uh-oh. So that actually segues uh, no, into okay. my next question. Mm-hmm. Sorry to cut you off. Your childhood, okay? Your childhood, because even though we grew up in the same house, I feel like some of the memories we shared together are the same, but individually, we had like our own experience. So your childhood, what are your thoughts on being the oldest, first generation, Haitian American? Can I... Can I? Can, what was can those I, can I yeah. well, No, 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 uh-uh. no, 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 no. Wipes. No. Pushes my little fake bang back. Being first generation American in a Haitian family is the worst, bro. Okay. First of all, I was the first one, so I had to learn English in school. I was, I started speaking Creole off the bat. And when I, I had to go to Esau, by the time my brothers and sisters was up, I, I was already speaking English to them. So they was already learning. That's why right now their English and their Creole is better than mine's. You know what I mean? Like they was already speaking speaking English and they was bilingual, like almost automatically before they was like, you know, I think Shells was speaking it. She was speaking Creole and English by three three, four years old, she was ready. You know what I Yeah, she was ready, man. She no Esau for her. Y'all. By the time Jeff was going to school, he, 
I don't even think Jeff went to English for each speakers or another language. I was the first one. You know what I mean? And then like despite having the uh, the the language barrier, when I left Rich um, Riverland, I got into the Magnet program and they sent my Haitian behind to the all black school in Parkway, which is already it was like Parkway was like the rival neighborhood to my <laughs> my Merrills, you know? And uh that was rough, man. Like I was the only Haitian to claim being Haitian, even though I didn't even know I was claiming, but I was already like row calling like a mug. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, yeah, I don't remember just ever saying, saying like, the fact I mean, that I was Haitian. Like... It's just my accent was thick and I was always row calling. So they knew they was like, oh, look at the boat. You know what I mean? So, so uh, like I can still to this day remember my first day of school in Parkway <laughs> Middle School. Mommy sent me, bro. Mommy sent me to school with a tropical Hawaiian shirt that was like purple, blue, green. It had a green collar and the cuffs was purple. You know what I mean? It had elastic, it had an elastic band on the waist. You know what I mean? And I had like turquoise green and blue plaid like pants with pleats on them. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, and with some church shoes. And that was my outfit. I walked I walked into the cafeteria, everybody getting their schedule, and everybody just stopped. Like, I've never heard the cafeteria that quiet before. And they just started busting out laughing, man. It wasn't too long after I got through Parkway, man, I was fighting for my life, man. Like, all the time, I was fighting so much, man. My eighth grade year, my, teacher, my principal, Mr. Dudley, was like, hey, George, if you even get into one argument, you're going to be an IS for the rest of the year. And damn if he didn't do it, man. I was in there for my whole eighth grade year. I didn't get to chill out with nobody, man. I was in there with Miss Ward with her mustache, so. Shout out shout out to Miss Ward. You know, she rocked that mustache. That mustache was lined up. She wasn't even ashamed of it, bro. You know? <laughs> she lined that sucker right up, bro. But it was just it was just the way it was, man. You know, by that time it wasn't cool to be Haitian like that. That like cats all the time was claiming Bahamian. You know what I mean? You know, I never. I was like, well, oh well, man, I'm Haitian though. You know, but um, yeah, that's one thing we never was like, oh nah, I'm Jamaican or mm-hmm. I'm in like nah, bro, I'm Haitian. I don't, I don't care what y'all got going on. We're yeah. very proud of Most being Haitian. Was it fighting every day after school? Yeah. Was nothing. Thank you, Angel. But like, mm-hmm. what's up? Yeah, I, I, so, how do you feel like your childhood, like those experiences? Do Do you feel like you had to unpack any of those experiences, like in therapy? Nah, or no? I don't think so. I think I think uh, nah. being Haitian yeah. automatically makes you a different breed. Haitians, we stubborn people, man. We prideful people. You know what I mean? That's like we I learned later on why we like that. You know what I mean? The fact that we was the first free slave nation decided to this side of the hemisphere, you know. The Western world, I guess you could just call it or whatever. Oh, yeah, we, we was man, we was legends, bro. We was kings beforehand. That's why they I that's why I really think they try to keep us down, man. Cause we, we was we was doing it. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to keep us down or we keeping ourselves down, but we definitely need to do better. 
Cause it's it's there's too much going on in Haiti right I now agree. that ain't ain't beneficial to nobody. You you talking about a nation a nation back in the day that got its independence first and was sending like squads out to fight and help fight against tyranny. You know, we sent we got Haitians that went to South Carolina to help fight against you know the French. You know, help help fight against you know Britain. You know, so like. Yeah, Haitians that like founded like freaking the Haitian that's founded what what was it uh, Chicago? You know, we got some real leaders in our in our lineage, man. We just gotta get that thing together. But we'll see. Them. So, last question. So, <clears throat> in reference. Hold on. You, I, you I didn't hear that. This is your, like your second. I'm sorry. Uh, I ain't start yet. Uh huh. Uh, you said this is like your second uh-huh. uh, divorce. I know that it hasn't always been with you going through therapy. Basically, were you able to identify in some areas which you contribute some toxic like behavior? in both marriages what do you see areas in which you can grow because i don't want it to seem as if this is a one-sided thing where um you're my brother and i'm trying to take up for you and stuff like that i also know you as my brother and the culture that we grew up in and um there were some some things i think could have been worked on but were you able to identify some personal things that you could have yeah, yeah, of course. There's always, there's always room for growth for any situation. You know what I mean? And there's always room. Like, like I know I made mistakes. You know, I I have my faults. I know for a fact that you know there was times where I could have I could have expressed myself a little more fluidly, you know, and not wait until like I I was I'm a holder. You know what I mean? So like a lot of times stuff will bother me, and I won't say anything until you know I'm hot. And I'm ready to throw out some, you know, throw out some lava, you know what I mean? I'm ready to spit, spit some fire, you know? So there was times mm-hmm. where I could have just been like, yo, before, you know what I mean? But I just know, cause like, because a lot of times I would say something and it would just go fall on deaf ears, you know? Or, oh, you don't talk, you don't talk. But, but, but I can remember specifically asking, hey, I need help around the house. You know, I can't do this by myself, you know what I mean? Like, like if I ask you, because if I ask you one time, that's it. I'm not gonna keep asking you back and back and back. I don't, I don't think I should have to. And that's where that Haitian stubbornness come in. And like, I got this thing that I say now. Oh, that must be the Dorjean in me. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you know, you know how pops is. That that nigga stubborn, boy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> don't be that, my that must be like the that. You know, and and I say Dorjean because I say, okay, yeah, Duro is the is the first part of my dad's name, Gene is biologically I got, you know, genes and chromosomes from my dad, you know what I mean? So I say it's the duo gene, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's just the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just <laughs> oh, like, it's like, I it's it. got to be something that I picked up from him. Yeah. We all know Pops, you know, hey, you know, full-blooded Haitian man. We, we used to call him Silverback, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, you know, mm. he had the attitude to go with it, you know? Big, he was the gorilla of the neighborhood. Pops go out there in his whitey tighties and tell you to throw his hands, you know. He'll go out there with his machete. He, he, you know, he told the cops one time he'll be behind. Yeah, for real. Like, what's pops, up? You never, never have no problems, like, you know, 
correcting someone, you know, or bossing up on somebody, you know. But it was just like um, at some point, also though, you gotta realize that you can't deal like that, you know, dealing with your woman, or you can't deal like that dealing with your kids, you know. And he was, he was, he was a, he was a he, daddy was a provider. Yeah. Daddy didn't have no problems working three jobs. You know, come home having to crawl out the car, you know, because his ankles were all swollen up from standing up. And he taught us, you know, the 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 meaning of working and applying ourselves and working diligently and being a provider for your kids. But at the same time, we also realized that, hey, Pops was never home to take us to the park. You know what I mean? Pops was never home to, like, you know, Pops would talk to yeah. us, but most of the time it was after a whooping. You know what I mean? Michelle's the only one that got a hug from Pops. <laughs> You know, Shell's get a she get a whooping, she got a hug. She only she only got three lips. Lord have mercy. Yeah, I know it did, you know. <laughs> it used to kill him to hit yeah, me. It's just one of those things, you know. Just it's just one of those things when you grow up first generation Haitian. You learn discipline, you know, sometimes yeah, the hard way. I can say you know, you know you, you learn the sense of family, you know. They got traditions that we used to do, we used to hate as kids, but it's been beneficial to me. You know, greeting adults when you walk into a room, that's that's legit. Like people remember you for that. You know, as an adult, right. you walk into a room, you shake everybody's hand, you greet the ladies, you know. I mean, you ain't gotta be all Haitian with it and kiss every lady that's in there. The Lord knows, you know, your old grandma used to try to kiss you on the lips, you know. So it's just it's just one of those things. It's just you learn a lot being being from the, the culture that we're from, being polite, being respectful, showing showing respect to people, you know, doing what you're supposed to do as a as a human being. Yeah. And so, I'm. I think when it came, it translating to like love and relationships, like marriage and like children, yeah. that like that emotional, like support or aspect was just not there. Mm-hmm. And I think. It's almost like it couldn't be there. An option being just left the only country that they knew, mm-hmm. coming to a new land, but you know, vulnerability isn't something that they could afford. Yeah. Like, yeah. Could have, maybe they could have slipped it in here and there, which I think dad did. He took us to Bayside and you know, stuff like that, but yeah, that's when I seen it was a problem, you know, that emotional aspect, especially when it came to money, it was something that they lacked a lot. Yeah. yeah so it, it, they I've never, seen that in you guys a little bit. I mean, yeah, how many times have we, did we actually see mommy and daddy like passionately kiss? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or like or even just like hug up on each other, cuddle or sit down and do something together. I remember our family trips consisted of Holiday Park, and at one time we went to Bayside. Besides that, we were yeah. going to like we thought it was a cool day if we got to go see Uncle Johnny. School trips. You know. Yeah, well, you right, you right. Or like you know, school trips when yeah. we can afford it, or. I was lucky enough to be able to travel with, you know, Nick and Lamani oh and God. their family. Don't and even stuff, bring but, that up, bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll <don't> say it. 
Listen, let me tell y'all this story before we close this. So, <laughs> listen. So, back in the day, I used to get a lot of special treatment. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. Like, my dad was buying shoes for everybody in the house. And everybody had to learn how their shoes but me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? I was the only one who got these new, like, name brand Reeboks. They were pink and white, I remember. And they were Velcro. That's when they started the little Velcro. They were mad. We were tight. We were just looking at them. They were mad. They were mm-hmm. mad. And I'm over there walking like, mm-hmm. <laughs> she, walking, she was walking on tiptoes, bro. She had some clean shoes on. You know, you know, she was getting Reeboks and Nikes. We were getting, yeah, like, we were getting, spreading my stuff. We were getting Patrick Ewing, Bobos. We got the Patrick Ewing's after they, when they became Bobos. You know, Bobos. They never get us no fresh looking Patrick Ewing. I remember the remember the pair of Patrick Ewing's I had that had rainbow <laughs> colors. It looked like a melted bag of skin. Yeah, God damn, that that they had green, yellow, mm-hmm. purple. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, gray, turquoise, and mommy tried her best to get. Your mommy tried her best. You know Haitians, crazy the colors, boy. She tried to get every, every, every color in the shoe. She had it on more my colors, clothes. boy. More colors, she tried her patterns. Best to match that thing up on my shoes. No, man. Because no. that's what they told her. You like in America, you I swear to you, I shoes. look like I was tie dyed every day. And then the worst thing. Listen. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> or or the or the Fort t shirts with all the damn decals covering the whole shoot, man. How about I man, I oh, man. Those, good those, those good Patrick Ewan, the worst times. thing about them was that the color faded in them. And before I went to school, I had to spray them down with water to like man, that day was that day was crazy, man. I tell you, man, you learn a lot being broke, man. Jesus, boy. Okay. No. Listen, mm-hmm. we can go on about our childhood and the things that were horrific about them, especially when it came to our wardrobe. I'm not even going to get to my thousand barrettes and the little puffy. Jeez. Socks I, that you had to I fold over. There was nothing wrong with that, man. I would have rocked but... that if I was a girl. It was whatever. It what about being whatever? A cute it was not cute. Listen, oh, man. please. I hated that stuff. Do you those pa- those panties that had the little poofy stuff on the back? My, my, my more booty. Yeah, like I, I don't know why they did that. Booty. That, that was nobody like stuff. Yeah, it was stupid. But how about? That was but, stupid. But you, you know what we used to make? Let me tell you what made me tight as the first generation Haitian American. The fact that I went to high school wearing church clothes, okay? I was wearing church clothes and wingtips, you know, to high school, all right? Because yeah. my mom was like, yo, you, I can either buy your school clothes or I can buy church clothes. So you get church clothes. I was like, damn. So I'm in 10th grade rock, rocking, rocking um, <laughs> church clothes. I ain't started buying my own clothes until I started working at JCPenney. You know, then I started getting some food. Why my little brother Jeff, my little brother Peter, uh, yeah, they was in middle school things. rocking four hundred dollars Sean John jeans denim suits with the freshest yeah. jeans. 
Dem boys was them boys was in middle school. Iceberg. Let me tell you, man. And you're not supposed to be jealous yeah. of your little brothers. Now there's a big brother, but I was jealous. I was hella tight, man. I was tight, man. These niggas <laughs> coming through clean. When well, I'm talking about dope boy clean, bro. I think I want to. Yeah. I need to start talking about this, it. This is the stuff you talk about in therapy. You sound upset. That shit had me tight. You sound like you all in your chest. Like, about it and I'm your voice is getting high, like a little high here. I'm like, <laughs> and I think I didn't even think Peter had a grill. Yeah, I think you need to do a little yeah, bit of that unpacking in, in therapy. I know them niggas have chains. You know, I felt like I felt like that dude on belly with uh, a damn banana, bro. We yeah, go yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. Anyways, you you need to relax. Listen, yeah, but clearly this is something that he needs to discuss in therapy, y'all. I'm just saying we're not gonna be going on for another ten now. minutes. Yeah, no, no, no. You and your chest about that. So, is there anything you want to leave the people? as far as encouraging, you know, um, your fellow brothers or even sisters about, like, yeah, the man. process of going to, to therapy, therapy and how bro. beneficial it is. It's cheaper than getting bailed out. You know what I mean? Go to therapy, man. Work that thing out, man. It's like, you won't know it's a problem until you actually start talking about it, like, just now. I was hella tight about them outfits, bro. <laughs> Mm, facts. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, but seriously, man, don't, don't. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, it's definitely a blessing to, to work and get, on. get that yeah. conversation out, man. You'll be surprised some of the stuff that come out and some of the insight that you can get from going to therapy. Do the right thing, folks. Go to therapy. I use Jerson and George as a discount code, and you get ten percent off your next session. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways y'all don't listen to this fool thank you all for joining us for this episode thank you so much for this conversation it was hilarious (laughs) that was really good well you guys we got one last episode left in this series and until then you guys follow us on instagram on social media 